here. Okay, day one. <laughs> day one, we lit. Let's go. <laughs> Why you sound so nervous, man? Why you sound so nervous? <laughs> oh man, the first of many. Uh, I am Gregory Beecham. Um, I don't even know if I should give y'all my last name. Y'all might want to come kill me after some of my takes. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm here with my cousin, uh, Brian Beecham. What's um, good, y'all? And this is the first of many. Um, we got our own basketball podcast we got going on now. Um, we don't have a name, so as of now, the name is to be announced. Um, and we're just going to rock with that um, until then. Um, but, yeah. We just want to do this podcast because we really just wanted to, I guess, talk about the game and how much we love it. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that love basketball and um, I guess get sick of hearing the same old topics all the time. Or just want to hear a different perspective aside from, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to do that. Not on the first day. Um, man, come on, man. Come on. Come on. Shots firing. <laughs> shots firing. First day. Make a name for yourself right now. Shots firing. <laughs> We're not Take gonna the do shot. It. Take the shot. We're not going to do it. Man. But it is what it is. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Um, and, I mean, the, t- the perfect time to do it would be now because uh, the league is wild. Um, if y'all don't know, but y'all definitely do. Like, if your phone ain't been on, I apologize because we've heard wild things all year round from – the beginning of the season all the way through free agency and we're all just waiting for the the league to restart you know get back going yeah man this is it's definitely been interesting summer, man like uh like my cousin said my name is brian beecham uh like, like give me a chance to introduce myself uh yeah i mean hey it's okay. all good it's all good first day baby it's all good like, hey, it's day one it's day one it's all good uh but yeah we're doing this podcast man i said we both love this game we both been playing it for a long time I transitioned into coaching. Like I said, my cousin, he's been trying to get into PR. He's trying to do all that good stuff. So, I mean, this is just what we love to do. It's what the game we love and we enjoy watching. We got it playing in the background right now. So, we're just having a good time. We're going to talk a little bit of basketball with y'all. And, yeah, man, this this summer's been crazy, hasn't it? Wild. How, how crazy? On, like on a scale of 1 to 10, how crazy? I'm looking at, like, a smooth 11. Like I mean, I'll go 20. Like, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I saw none of it. Like, I'm not going to say I saw none of it coming. But a lot of it came out of left field. Yes. Like, KD, KD and Kyrie to Brooklyn. Okay, that was kind of a – almost – we kind of all expected that. Right. Would have been more so shocking if they didn't. Right. Kawhi going to the Clippers, been talked about all season. But it was kind of like, uh, it was up in the air, 50-50. Yeah. But then Paul George got thrown into the mix. Nobody saw that coming. Not at all. That was the ultimate gangster move by Kawhi. Hey, if we really want to be honest, when it happened, and I'm a Thunder fan for the for the public to know, so y'all can feel bad for me now. Um, but when it happened, and how it happened, when I heard the story, I was like, "Shout out Kawhi!" Like I didn't I didn't know what else to I say. You know. Like I was like, "Yo, that's just a a boss move." Like he just he just pulled a a, a really boss stunt. Like. He said, man, call up your team. <laughs> Let them know you don't want to be there no more, essentially. And, That's pretty much what happened. And, like, you went. he went from maybe going to the Clippers, being a lone option. A lot of people thought he was going to go be the third mm-hmm. in the Laker triangle. I like I said, I'm a Laker fan for people that don't know. So, I mean, some people thought he was going to go form another super team with the Lakers. 
he said, nah, I don't need y'all. I'm going to go to the Clippers. Everybody thought he was going to the Clippers by himself. And he said, no, I'm going to bring Pippen with me. Or my version of Pippen with me. Right. And I'm going to work. See y'all in L.A. Right. Like, matter of fact, he said, I'm going to see y'all in y'all building. LeBron and AD, come with it. Like, like that's gangster. I don't care what That's a gangster move. That's a boss move, man. I was like, okay, this is what y'all do. And, I mean, of course, everybody... I don't care what anyone says. The most influential person in the, in any off season is Jerry West. Like I I I don't know. He is the most influential this year. Kawhi is. I would say he has proven that this. He's on another level in terms of making your own path. Because even LeBron decided to wait till contract years happen. I mean, this is the first time we're looking at somebody who's saying like, I don't care and. <laughs> like, just just come hoop with the kid, and you call your people up and demand a trade, and I'll make sure it gets handled on this end. And <laughs> like, it was that easy. I was like, yo. I mean, I think at this point, I don't even think it was up for discussion before, but at this point, I think we all have to admit Jerry West is the goat of GMs. Like, yes, he's the goat of GMs. Like, yes, if we're gonna say Jordan's the greatest player of all time, okay, that's your opinion. We'll talk about that another day. But and Jerry is. West is the goat of GMs. I've been the saying dynasties he's put together have been. I've been saying it for the longest another. time. I said if you got if you got Jerry West, you can win. It's that simple. If you got Jerry West, you you got a shot because that man is just. I don't I don't even know what to call it. Like, I want to see him at work. I want to see him in terms of when he's in these spaces and like how he's diagnosing these teams and how he's coming up with the answers to fix them. I mean, only, like, is it, I mean, because he's at the age now where it's not like he's the one going around looking at these guys. It's not no, like he's not the, at all, but so he definitely he has a, a team. Like, he definitely has people so that like, knows he just what he wants. just in the chair at this point and he just has all these people coming to him with data and he's just like, yes, no, get out of my office. Like, is he that guy now? <laughs> like, is that what Jerry was is? Like, I don't know. I want to know. <laughs> I do want to know in terms of like, there have been very few people in the NBA I've said, like, yo, I want to spend a day with this person, like, on doing their regular routine. Jerry West is kind of up there on that list for me now. Yeah. Like, I had Kobe on that list, Magic on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I had Ray Allen on that list. Like, My bad, yo, man. For... My guy. Uh, first God, day, first day, day one. My phone on silent. Uh. This one's on. My phone's on solid. I just didn't put my laptop on. Do not sir. Don't connect the two guys. Never, never, <laughs> never. Hey, if y'all want to know anything, never connect your phone and your laptop together. It's who cool. That was a good idea. As cool as it sounds. As cool as it sounds. Idea. Apple made it sound cool. As cool as it sounds. Well, it, that's, that's why I didn't get out. It actually gets annoying. So. Pitiful. Oh man. We'll be okay. that out. Yeah, we're gonna have to cut that. Or not. First day jitters. Let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> and my homeboys, when I told him, I said, I think I'm going to do the first I'm gonna do the first one today. He said, make sure your phone's on silent. I got to show you the measures. Make sure your phone's on silent. I said, yeah, I got so you. He told you to put your phone on silent. I came in here and said, yo, I'm putting my phone on silent. My phone is on <laughs> silent. My laptop wasn't. So, I mean, hey. Whatever you say, buddy. Whatever happens, happens. But, uh, yeah, Jerry West. Jerry West is definitely up there. Um, I got, I, I want to be in a room and I think it's going to, I think it's going to do it. We're going to segue there. I want to be in a room with Sam Presti. I want, I want to figure out 
I want to ask questions more so. Than yeah, anything. I don't know if you want to like, like watch him do his job. <laughs> I definitely would like want to ask him what were you thinking. I want to ask him how we get. How did we get here, I would bro? Inter- I would interview Preston. I don't know if I'd hang out with him. For how a we get here, man? Because at some point, as a GM, you gotta be the guy to look at your situation and look at your owner and be like, "Hey, I know you don't want to spend this money, but uh." We got something really, really special now, here. It's easy to say that when it ain't your check. Oh my god! It's your check, and the and the owner says that's it. Oh my! You ain't god. pushing no envelope. <laughs> oh my god! That's not your like, check. To have four players and three of them be MVP. Honestly, you drafted five. We really want to talk about it. We had what you talking about? You talking? You had five players that are now that were or have been stars from the jump. You had Reggie Jackson. You had Serge Ibaka. Reggie Jackson's a starter. I mean, he could be a decent Is one, he? but he's a starter. Let's, let's it, like he's a starter. He's like barely a starter. He's a, he's a well, starter in Detroit who had nothing else. Okay, like, well, boom. He's a starter. He is. He's there. He got it. I guess. He got and he got a check doing it. So, I ain't mad at him. so I ain't never been mad at nobody for making their money. Never. So I mean, you three of the let's say the top four. You three of the four are MVPs. Absolutely. They were all drafted, and you got nothing out of it except fifteen first round picks. <laughs> Is it that many? I feel like I it, don't it know. might be that many. It might be. <laughs> it's I'm close. It's, I'm just joking. It might be. Digits. But, like, yo. I mean, okay, seriously. It, you can't say. As a Thunder fan. As a Thunder fan. As an NBA fan. That hurts. So, okay. So, I can't say they got nothing out of it. You got, essentially, you created a diehard fan base in Oklahoma City, which has never been a football city, never been a football state for that matter. They've always been predominantly football. You created a diehard fan base there. You had, I mean, let's be honest, the Thunder have been really competitive for a decade, which is a lot more than most teams in the NBA can say. Even the Lakers can't say that. (laughs) They have not been competitive for a decade straight. So, I can't say they got nothing out of it. They just didn't get the ultimate goal, which when we look back at, we're all going to say is a failure. Like I said, we've said it from jump. This is going to be a great 30 for 30. The oh, dynasty man. that never was. It's like, that's a 30 for 30. The first 30 for 30, that, that's going to have two parts, I think. I don't know how many 30 for 30s got two parts. <laughs> but I think it might be up there. It might, because you got to ask some real questions. I mean, I mean, all was, this, it, was it worth I mean, is it worth it? Because, I mean, at this point, you got nothing. In, in my eyes, you got nothing to show for it. Because now you're looking at a situation where even if, Right, even if you are competitive, you've missed out on, and this is the business mind of me going. You missed out the mem- the the merch you could have sold. You missed out on like I'm all about the bag. You could have you could have made that bag back if you if you pulled in two chips, if you pulled in two, and I mean, you could blame a lot of things. You could blame Sam. I I'm a big proponent. Like I don't think Scott Brooks was the right coach. Um, I mean, you could. There's a lot of different places you could put blame too in terms of situation. But man, so, like, I, like I said, I've always had a problem with this idea of like teams are a failure if they don't win a championship. 
I get that to an extent, especially when you put together these super teams and yeah, some teams are fake. It's hard for me to consider. Like we're gonna look back at that OKC team and say that was a failure, and truth be told, it was. But it's only a failure because of one decision. You got rid of James Harden. That's the only reason. If you keep James Harden, and as much as we all like to theorize, and granted, I believe they would have won championships with James Harden. But can you guarantee it? Would James Harden have become the player we've seen today if he stays in OKC? Like, these are the questions you got to ask. Does James Harden just become that man who Ginobili kind of like six man off the bench who has great moments but never really becomes shoot what we saw this past season maybe the greatest individual off, off offensive season period yeah like would we ever see that in OKC next to Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant other things you got to factor in Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook got injured essentially every year after that like they could have won a title without Harden if KD and Russell Westbrook never get injured like that's the thing they never got healthy at the same time the one year they did they took Golden State to seven games. They took a 73-win team to seven games. And you could say they choked that. They choked the 3-1 lead on that. Like, that's the one year they were fully healthy. And they lost. So, it's hard for me to say, uh. I mean, but even if you're playing, you're playing the what-if on one side. You have to play the what-if on the other Absolutely. side. Well, I mean, if Russ, if, if Russ Harden, and, and KD are all there, then that load isn't that heavy in terms of, being on two guys to make all that happen, especially when you know James Harden is probably the most versatile of the two in terms of the offensive side. Oh, I would say, okay. I mean, in terms of in terms of Russ and like he easily can go get a bucket, but at the same time make a play. And That's I would, I don't know, at this point in their career, I would guess I would trust James over making the decision with the Rock. Absolutely. So I no, mean, that's not a question. So in in that regard, I guess it's just a matter of. You gotta look at it on both angles. I mean, you you play one perspective, you gotta play the other one as well. Um, I guess the reason we're talking about this is because of the biggest news to come out of the Kawhi move and pulling PG out of OKC. Um, also came the trade I didn't see coming. Nobody saw. Um, well, uh, I, I was be I was thinking Miami. I I told somebody at work. I'm like, he might go to Miami. I mean, I guess I guess I'll be honest. Initially, when Paul George got traded, I said, okay, Russell Westbrook's definitely leaving OKC. Top of my list was Detroit, actually. I had them making the Reggie Jackson swap because Reggie Jackson has an expiring contract. I figured OKC would want that. Russell Westbrook gets to go somewhere. He'll have a slightly competitive team with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. That was my first theory. Right. But after thinking on it for a day or two, I was like, okay, Miami started to pop up. I was like, okay, that makes a little bit of sense, but not Mm -hmm. a lot to me. And then I started to think about it. And Houston made a lot of sense. Now, it didn't it, make basketball sense. It made a lot of sense because of the people in charge. Exactly. And so... And the people involved. Right. So, for the people, I guess, who are listening, yes, James Harden, Russ Westbrook, the trade happened, sending Russ Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul, um, Chris Paul and I believe, what, two picks? I'd say I was more than three. That. I was four. Wow. Three, I want to say three picks and... Two swaps? Yeah. Three picks, two swaps, something like that. So, yeah. And I was devastated for a moment, but then I'm like, you know what? 
Brody and Beard reunited. Y'all go be happy together. I don't know if this means a ring, but go be happy at least. Um, you think they're gonna be happy? I think they'll be happy. I honestly do. I think I, they'll be happy for a week. Oh no, no, not at all. What a week? My fault. I give week? it. I give it twenty games, bro. They before they are not thrilled with each other. But they're friends. They're good friends. I think that. Hey, I, I think. I think that might be one of Russ's closer friends. You too. and me are really good friends. We're related. <laughs> we don't always like each other on a basketball court. And there are a number of reasons for that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and we don't even play the same position. I don't know. I don't know. I think they'll be okay in terms of, in terms, you know what? They'll be okay for, if and this is a big if, big if you know what I'm about to say. Go for it. Go ahead and say it. If Russ makes jump shots, so it's a big if. If Russell Westbrook does if, the one if, thing if he hasn't done jump shots, his whole straight. career, we're straight. So if that's he like, makes jump shots, so, we're good. So this is what you're saying. I just need. I don't even need to be average. I need to be right below average. So this is what you're like, saying. I'm not even like, asking for average. You're no essentially more. saying they'll be okay if Russell Westbrook does the one thing he hasn't really done. His whole career. That's like saying the Lakers would have five feet if Shaq made free throws. Like, I mean, that's what we're saying. I mean, come on. He can make jump shots, right? I mean, theoretically. He got a nice form. Does he? I've Maybe. never liked this form. It's not bad. It's not good. <laughs> it's, I mean, no, it's an average But you're, but you're not going to have me do a sit here. And denounce the the Brody, okay? Because I am a huge fan of Mister Triple Double. Hey, all right, I'm I, a okay. huge fan. Let me go on record right now because I'm about I'm about to be that Russell Westbrook guy that nobody likes. But let me go on record of saying this right now. I love Russell Westbrook's energy. I love the jaw dropping plays he makes. I love how hard he plays sometimes. But with all that being said, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook is one of. The most overrated superstars, maybe ever, ever, maybe ever. Okay, all right. In terms of okay. wh- in terms of what oh, people think okay. of Russell Westbrook, <laughs> like what? In terms of what people think Russell Westbrook, like Russell Westbrook, I and listen to Chris Broussard. Like I said, we all listen to our own. We all got our people that we like listening. Yeah. Like I agree with Chris Broussard. Like Chris Broussard. Russell Westbrook is a dynamic talent. He's a phenomenal athlete. You can't take none of those things away from him. He's going to be a legend. He's going to be an icon, first battle Hall of Famer. All these. Once again, this is me saying Russell Westbrook is still better than 99.9% of the guys that ever played in the NBA. But of that 0.1%, I kind of think he's near that lower tier. I'm sorry. Like, what does Russell Westbrook do extremely well? Like, what's the thing he does extremely well? Tell me. Dunk the ball. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Wow. No, let's be, I mean, honestly, honestly, we look at this man, his, and you said it, his intensity, his energy, and the passion he brings to the game okay. is top five. Top five. I kind of think it's overblown, but whatever. Top five. I, I refuse for you to do that. No, like this, in terms of what he brings I to every pe- game. I think people confuse playing what- angry and explosive with playing hard. No, he plays hard. He gets sometimes. angry sometimes, but sometimes. he plays hard. And sometimes, and you're right. And in terms of anybody who I, 
I guess the problem is with being a fan of Russ, you see his flaws too. It's just a matter of saying like, dang, I know exactly how gifted athletically and how talented he is. So in those moments, you just overlook it because he's making great plays until it's that one play and got you going, oh, my God, did so, that really happen? So ask me this so, question. So I'm not saying he's overrated at all. I'm saying that he's exactly what he is. He'll, in, terms of, in terms of what he'll be, he'll be – He'll be a legend. He'll be a legend. Be an I icon. mean, He'll that's exactly icon. what he is. Oh, and, and I don't take it out the realm of possibility. They could win a ring. <laughs> I honestly don't. <laughs> now it's gonna take some it's gonna take a lot of circumstances, just like last LeBron, season. LeBron has to get hurt, Kawhi has to get hurt, Steph has to get hurt. That that's that's what it's gonna take. Hey, I don't hey, in terms of what we saw last year in terms of shots and that went in that we don't think they should have went in and, and people getting hurt and how many people got hurt. Man, it's nothing all, impossible, You would need bro. all three of them There to is go down. nothing impossible in this league. And, and it takes a, and it he take, took out a tough job. And even though, like, people say, oh, his percentages suck, it takes two games. It takes two games he could give you, maybe in the conference finals, or where he could put up those type of, like, oh, snap, he hit five threes. Now we're looking at a situation where, oh, Russ and James are going to pull this out, and they're they going off to the finals. So what you're banking on is two guys who have been known to choke. I'm not banking on anything. I'm not banking on two anything. Guys who have known to choke. I'm not saying they're my pick to come out the out the West. All I'm saying is it's not impossible. Like yeah. I mean, that's all I'm saying. It's not impossible. We look at that ne- saying he's impossible. What's funny is you still never really answered my question. And the question was wait, mm-hmm. was the question? Uh, what does Russ do extremely well skill wise on the basketball court? Here we go. Okay. All right. So no, 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 playing no, no. Hard, playing Play- hard is a skill. Don't get me wrong. As a coach, I believe playing hard is a skill and talent. Don't get me wrong. I'll give you that one. I think he's a what else? I think he's a good passer. Good, not great. He's a good passer. Okay. He's a great finisher. No, he's not. Find great me, finisher. Find me the stats to back up that argument. He's a great he's finisher. Not. He had a down year. That's been every year. Oh my he's god. Ne- look up. Let's look at the stats. Let's then. check the stats. I can show you. He's never been a great finisher at the rim. And the stats say, all right, stat man, stat man. Whether y'all don't know it or not, Brian is our stat guy. So um, he he's he's searching for the stat now that's going to tell me that Russ Westbrook isn't um, a good finisher. But, you know, not all stats say everything. Sometimes oh, my gosh. Now, see, <laughs> you're, already, you're already trying to get yourself out of it now. You're trying to get yourself out of it now, which is hilarious. So. Russell Westbrook. So, less than 10 feet away from the rim this year, which is about 42% of his shots came within 10, 10 feet of the rim this year. He shot 58%. Not bad at all. Hmm. Okay. Going on. Still not great. 58%? It's not great. Compared, 50... to, other, compared to others. Compared to others. When contested? Huh? That's, that's it. That's just less than... That's counting in fast break points. Oh, that's literally just fast break points, everything in that. Going by those numbers, Steph Curry shoots a higher percentage. But look at the offense they're playing in. Look at the situation oh, so they're playing now, in. So now, what do you mean? Look at the situation. Means a better finisher. Look at the situation they're playing in, Brian. What situation? Steph Curry is playing with Kevin Durant and and uh, Clay Thompson on the wing. So Nobody's is, helping. All. So why is Trey Young finished better? Trey Young finishes better. Yeah. You will. You balling. Show me the stat. Oh my god. You serious? Oh my god.
Y'all gotta give me a sec. His Wi-Fi is kind of slow. Wait, if Trey finishes better, I don't know what to say, guys. I'm gonna be real with you. <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's not gonna make me feel good. They either finish. He probably shoots less. Hmm. He either shoots better or is about the same. They might be the exact same, which isn't a good sign. And and probably Trey shoots less. Okay. If you but, check those numbers, so it doesn't really do well, it's not, in terms of the volume, in terms of what's happening, in terms of the situation. It, okay. Like if we were if we're being real about it, the Thunder had maybe one shooter on the court with them half the time. And that was Paul George. Yep, absolutely. So you if you're telling me I'm on the court with two K Ferguson, I'm on the court with Paul George. Ferguson was the average NBA shooter this year. Pat Patterson, who didn't make anything. Yeah, he was. He had a horrible year. He didn't make anything this year. Year. And Steven Adams, guess where everybody's standing? Under the rim. They're waiting for you. That's fair. Now, you could tell me, oh, he's not a good shooter, which we all know he doesn't make jump shots. We don't have to look those stats up. If you want to go ahead and do that, you're just being rude and mean. But I don't think, in my mind, I don't think that, those stats actually do him all the way just in terms of how great of a finisher is, just mm-hmm. because of the situation that he was put in. I mean, the problem with that argument is it's been that his whole career. Like, he hasn't improved his whole career. Like, your argument would make more sense if he had started low and gotten mildly better, even with less spacing. 58%? You you said it was good. You make it sound like mm. he's shooting like twenty two. I said sounds good on in theory. Like okay, so let's go. I gotta pull it up now. So on drives to the basket this year, mm-hmm. field goal percentage. Uh, this is this is your stat. Go for it. I said he's a great finisher, right? Got it. So on drives to the basket. Yep. Drives to the basket. I'm listening. Russell Westbrook is third in drives to the basket. This is just among guards, starting guards, starting guards, third. He's third and drives to the basket. Now let's go down percentages. First guy out, James Harden is top of the list. Finishes about 53%, 52.8. Okay. DeMar DeRozan is next, 53.5. Okay. Here comes here comes Russell Westbrook at 50.2. Trey Young is next, 50.2. Okay. Next after that, Donovan Mitchell, 45.4. Next after that, Drew Holiday, 52. Kimball Walker, 49.8. Luka Doncic, 48. Devin Booker, 52. Zach Levine, 49. Damian Lillard, 48. Mike Conley, 48. He's not phenomenal at this. He's about right around what everybody else is. He's not a great finisher. But we're looking, you're looking at it in terms of how many they shoot. As I mean, their percentages, even when they shoot less, because he's not shooting, he's not taking, he's doing he's doing one or two things. He's taking a mid-range jump shot or he's driving. So he's not really shooting in terms of I don't think check the attempts or more so than anything. Attempts on what? On the on the guess how many if he's like if he's driving attempts? and he's finishing what, around average of everybody else, but he's doing it more hmm. as well, opposed to everybody else. Oh, now if we're gonna go field goals attempted. That's a whole different discussion. Not field. I'm just well field goals attempted. Shots in, attempted in ten in that range in yeah. that layup range. You talking about just drives to the basket? Field goals attempted. He's not even in top three. He's near, like, he's like number 11. Dang, man. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> he attempts 5.9 attempts at the basket, driving to the basket. Donovan Mitchell's ahead of him. Kimball Walker's ahead of him. Like, once again, 
He's not a great. He's a decent finisher. He's not great. He's decent. Uh, I'm All right. Ah, man. I'm not going to sit here and call him. I'm not going to sit here and call him overrated as a superstar. I just think he is what he is. And I mean, I don't and I don't think anybody's putting anything on him that he's not. Do you see what community puts stuff on him and says like, oh, he's. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we went through that stretch about a year ago. where People thought Russell Westbrook was like the best point guard in the NBA. And he when he won his MVP and everybody, oh, he's per- like we went through that stretch. I think people are starting to come to the more realization now. My thing is now you still have people saying with this whole getting back on top of Russell Westbrook and James Harden being reunited. Right. It doesn't work in a basketball sense. It just doesn't. I don't see any way it works. Like, where do they complement each other? I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily a situation of them being complimentary. I think it's more so a fact of like, okay, you either have a 34-year-old Chris Paul mm-hmm. or you take a 30-year-old Russ. Well, it was a good move. So, well, not necessarily a good move. But it makes sense. So it's like, part. so I mean, if I could get a four year younger and a more athletic point guard, then I think I'm okay. I, I mean, I think I think I did good for myself, at least turning back the clock and maybe opening that door a little bit, as compo- as compared to what it was when we were looking at each other in the offseason saying we don't know if we're going to keep this together at all, and maybe we need to fire D'Antoni and all I that in the third. Still might get fired, like. It would not shock me if Dan Tony doesn't make it through this season. Wouldn't shock me. They already got rid of this whole coaching staff. Yeah. Like, he's a lame duck coach walking. And now you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook to deal with. Like, Chris Paul's a headache in and of itself. But Russell Westbrook ain't no slouch either. Like, that's a headache. And now you're putting a player who is literally the antithesis of everything the Houston Rockets stand for in basketball. Russell Westbrook attempted more mid-range jump shots per game than the entire Houston Rockets team. <laughs> like, he's essentially another mellow that they're about to put into the snare. He's just more athletic and a little bit younger. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think this is something we're just going to have to see play out. I think. I mean, we're going to watch it. We don't have a choice but to watch it play <laughs> out. Like, I'm, but I mean, even I'm saying sometimes we get players in certain situations where we're like, I really don't know how this works. The stats don't line up. The numbers don't line up. Anything like that. And then we look back and say, like. Name one. We just talked about it. Who? We just talked about it. Who? Um, Sean Livingston. In terms of his ability, in terms of what he did as a compared to the rest of the team. The diff- you know what the difference is in that scenario? Go ahead. That team was put together while Sean Livingston was there. Like, that system and players were put together at the same time. It wasn't the system was already built, and you just added Sean Livingston. Right. Sean Livingston was there from the jump, and they said, all right, we got to find a way to use his unique abilities within our system. And granted, it was the odd one out, but it still was built in the system. Well, what's your coach's job then? Hey, once again, (laughs) I'm not saying— What's your coach's job? Okay, so this this is why I, I, I hate people who do this with coaches. A coach, don't get me wrong, coaches are, are supposed to adjust. They're supposed to adapt. You got to yeah. use the talent you're given. Yes. But coaches are just like anybody else. You have things you're good at, and you have things you're not good at. If I'm good at coaching the triangle, Phil Jackson, <laughs> yo, I'm not changing it. Like, I'm not going to change but so much. It works. I've proven it works. Now, granted, it may not work for this group of players. Well, get me the players that it works with then. Like, 
Sometimes all, that's what you got to do for a coach. But in, but now we're looking at a player who is supremely talented. Absolutely. And now we have to figure out, and I think this is where, if Dan Tony wants to keep his job, this is this is the moment. Like, this is what you got to do. I don't think he's keeping his job. That's my point. Like, if he wants it, he, this is what he's going to have to do. You got to make some adjustments, and I know that sounds foreign when you put that in the same sentence as Mike D'Antoni, but that's what you got to do. And we they did it for Sean Livingston. Now, granted, Sean Livingston is a very, very smart ball player. That's the other difference. And I don't think Russ is dumb. I didn't say he was dumb. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Russ is not a smart ball player. I think. I would. I don't know. Like we, maybe I'm just being a apologist, a Russell I mean, apologist today. Like I you're, don't you're an, you've been an OKC fan for as long as they've existed. You've been a Russell Westbrook. You've been a James Harden fan for as long as they've existed. Like I understand, dude. Like it's hard to admit. Man, man give me, give me the jerseys, man. Give me both of them. I, I understand. I, give me two Houston jerseys. I'll take them. I'll take like, them. here's my thing. It's hard for me to say Russell Westbrook is. Uh, like I said, I don't think he's dumb. I don't think he's a dumb ball player by any stretch of that. He's way better than I'll ever attempt to hope to be. Like, but it's hard for me to say he's like super smart when his assist to turnover ratio is still two to one at this point in his career. Like, it's not good. Like, it's not good, and it's not improving. Like, as you get older, those are the type of things that improve. Like, as athleticism starts to go, you start to slow down a little bit. Like, your decision-making is supposed to get better. This isn't. Like, it's not. It never has. I'm, and I think I think that goes to the point of the level of aggression or anger, as other people call it, when he's on the court. So he starts doing things that maybe he forces the issue on. But there's no – honestly, we look at the two players mm-hmm. – James Harden's high on turnovers too. Absolutely. Now I, 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 think, I think James Harden sometimes a little suspect in his decision making. But he's better than Westbrook, but he's a little suspect too. But I don't know. I look at this. I say this is just one of those things where you don't know they mix until you you put them together. Like mm, this actually tastes good. Or like, you put them together, and you go. <laughs> that like, doesn't work. Like this just this just might go. You just might be shocked. And I think that who's playing defense? Man, PJ Tucker's playing defense. Okay, that's <laughs> one guy. That's one guy. <laughs> That's one guy. Hey, I'm not saying I'm rooting for Houston, but I'm I'm definitely I'm for Harden and Westbrook. I'm definitely out here for. saying I, I want them to be happy. I definitely want those two to be happy. I mean, I get it. Like I said, it would, is they're going to be interesting. They're going to have fun moments. Like they're going to be interesting to watch. Like that's the best I can put. It. Like they're going to be interesting to watch. I don't see how you put together the two guys who've had the highest ball usage. In NBA history, almost both of them, <laughs> right? <laughs> both of them at one point in time have had one of the highest usage rates, usage rates in NBA history. And now you're telling one of them, "We need you to go stand off in the corner." You can sit here and tell me Russell Westbrook's cutting back door all you want to. That ain't gonna fly for long. He'll cut back door. I mean, he will eventually. <laughs> Two or three. But what about the other ninety percent of the game? Because I don't care what nobody says. If he, I'm not guarding him. If he's standing on the wing, I'm not guarding him. Shoot it, Russ. He'll make shots. Shoot it. He'll make shots this year. You hope. I'm, I hope. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, he's only shot 29% the last two years. Oh, three. God. You, I told you you're not going to bring up that stat. Oh, Golly, man. All right. So, off for us, all in Houston's, I guess it's still up in the air. 
um, off season because, like you said, we don't know if Mike D'Antoni really has a job right now. I, th- like I, said, um, I think he'll or, start the season, or or if he keep it. And they're still signing people, and I don't think anybody they signed is really that impressive. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, Anthony Bennett, <laughs> who had a great G League year, um, but Anthony Bennett. Hey, he he was balling. That's all I'm saying. I mean, hey, he was balling in the position him. he was in. He's getting a shot. That's all I I'm gonna put. Him. That's all I'm gonna say. I but all yeah, that Tyson, Tyson Chandler was a decent pickup for them. Yeah, he'll be solid. Ten minutes a night. Yeah, he'll do his job for sure. My fault. Didn't mean to cut you off. It's all good. It's all good. But looking at it, I think that's still up in the air. We'll st- we'll keep our eyes on it. Let's figure out what that turns into and. The Russ and Harden, uh, reu- you know, reunited tour, and how long it lasts. Um, so, yeah. Um, moving, I guess, moving, staying on the off season. The next question, um, you came up with actually that we automatically disagreed on. When we <laughs> talked about it beforehand. Who had the worst off season? And I said it. Washington Wizards had the worst off season. I don't. When you still don't have a GM, <laughs> I think, that's I, fair. I forgot about that. I actually like, forgot about that. They still don't. You have went a GM. to the draft without a GM. You went through the free agency without a GM, like, and you never. And they, they never officially offered Masai Ujiri because they were afraid of getting declined. I don't know what's up with that with teams. Like, we're not gonna offer KD because we think he's gonna say no. I mean, like. I get it. Like, why waste the time? Man, like, just, if you know you're not getting them, why waste the time? It's a phone now, call. Now, GM, that's different. I I offered, like, what the worst a GM can say is no. Like, that's the worst they can say. The worst anybody but, can say. No, just ask. I mean, I mean waste the time. Like, if I know I'm not getting you, I know for 100% certainty. Man. You're not coming. Why am I going to even waste the time offering you the contract? Man. It's not. It's no point. I ain't wasting the contract. I ain't wasting time with every resource. They don't have a GM. But, yeah, Washington, I forgot about and, that. I think that's beyond crazy. So, I don't even know who had the duties. I want to say Scott Brooks had uh, mm-hmm. some of the president of basketball operator type duties yeah. that went into the decision making for the draft. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, hands down, worst year. They didn't sign anybody that no. says this is going to impact the team for the better. Um, They went and signed IT. I'm and okay, hey, I mean you need yeah somebody got to play point until yeah, John gets back. You got you got um Brad Bill on contract, and people keep telling me, well at least they got Brad Bill. That that's a trade chip. They don't want to trade him, so they're sitting. There's I mean they're sitting on their future, but at the same time they're killing another kid's future. I mean it's sick to me. I think it's sick. I think Washington sucks. I, I don't, that that there's that. I mean that's fair. Like I'm not going like we're what we're arguing here is who's the worst of really bad. That's what we're arguing. All right, here. so give me yours. I told you I'm saying Charlotte. <laughs> like Charlotte to me is the worst. I mean, outside of maybe the Phoenix Suns, they might be one of the worst run franchises. So Knicks not up there. Knicks the, not your one. The Knicks are improving to me. Like they're still bad, but they're improving. Like they're going in the right direction. Okay. 
I don't know what Charlotte's doing. Like, <laughs> at least with Washington, like Grant, we can say and say they don't like they don't have a plan. You still walk in the gym with an All Star. Like at the end of the day, you walk in with All Star. They uh, they signed it. You got a couple young guys come back. Rui Hachimura was a decent draft pick. Yeah, like. I think they uh, when they got the boy from uh, San Antonio, Davis Berton, mm-hmm. knockdown shooter. Like, you still got Bradley Beal walking in the gym. I, I think John Walsh must come back at some point this year. Like, but we don't know what he's going to look like. We don't know what he's, but it's still, a, even at his worst, he's still a high-level NBA point guard. Like, at his worst. He may not be an all-star franchise player anymore, but even at his worst, he's an NBA-level point guard. Okay. So you're still walking in with a decent backcourt and an all-star who you can potentially trade. There's something there. What is Charlotte? Charlotte doesn't even have a trade chip. There is nobody on this roster I even want. Nobody. Miles Bridges is the closest. <laughs> and he hasn't proven he's anything yet other than a really good athlete. Talented athlete, but he has not proven he's in a high-level NBA anything yet. I can't. I can't. I, don't, I mean, I think that situations are different because – Charlotte just lost their franchise essentially, and to nothing because they they, nothing. they went on a limb and they assumed he would resign. And I don't think they want. Here's the thing: I don't think they wanted him to resign. And you know what? That would even be a smart decision in my opinion because you and I have a firm belief. Sometimes you got to bottom out. Right. You have to get to the bottom of the draft. You got to find a way to get a high level draft pick. I am all for that. Right. The problem with Charlotte is. I don't even want to go over their draft history because that's just going to make you yeah. sick to the stomach. Adam Morrison. Oh, my God. We don't got to go back that far. <laughs> Cody Zeller. Uh, what's his name? Uh, shoot. Who am I thinking of? I just had him on the tip of my tongue. Cody Zeller. Uh, what's the boy they just got rid of? Frank Kaminsky. Like, they've had a ton of draft picks where it was like Malik Monk. Like, all these guys that they just – it feels like they just pulled their name out of a hat. Like – they don't have anybody of note on their roster. You just gave Terry Rozier nineteen million or eighteen million. Wow. I mean that, and for what nineteen for what, three years? Something like that. I think it was, I want to say nineteen for three, um, nineteen nineteen a year, of course. Yeah. But for for three years. I mean, this is one of those situations where you paid out because, I mean. The money was there, and you had to fill the roster. And it doesn't hurt you going into when the contract year is up. So because the team is so, I guess, weak in a sense, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you made you made a, a big buy on, we don't honestly know, I would say a decent, could-be-good player. Uh, it doesn't really hurt them. It's, it's really a low-risk, low-reward type thing, despite what it says on paper. So I don't even look at that situation and say, like, oh, why they pay $20 million for a, a below-average point guard or an average point I guard. A, I forgot about Michael K. Gilchrist on that draft list as well. So, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I don't even – like. I think they're doing exactly what they want to do. The tanking. I think it's a tank. I think it's a very, very good tank. Is it? Yes, it's a good tank. Who are you They're go- not going to win. Oh, and you know what? I agree. It's they're a good gonna, tank. They're going to be horrible. And that's my point. Like, you're horrible, but with not, like, there's nothing to even look, there's nobody on this roster. Like, normally, even when you tank, there's something to look forward to at the end of the tank. Like, there's a player on the roster, you go, okay, they'll be here. Not when Sam Hinkie did it. Huh? 
you still got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Be- now they didn't play because they were injured. That's a difference. No, no, no. Even when they drafted, even before they drafted them, Sam was like, "Yo, I think we're gonna do it." It wasn't like and they was like, "What? We're gonna tank for five years <laughs> until so, we hit." So even so, they the- and even then they they tanked. Not no, and they had nothing on the roster so, to say. Okay, this is what it was. No, I disagree with you on that. You want to know who who's on the roster was at first? Who's on the roster? You know who was at first? Go ahead, Michael Carter Williams. Michael Carter Williams. Yo, oh my remember, god! Remember, that's when I'm it going home. No, I am home. Remember, what are you doing? that's when it started. Michael Carter Williams at the beginning of the process. He came in. I think he averaged like what seventeen, five, good, and seven. He, he, and everybody, was, oh my god, Williams, rookie of the year. Da 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 da. And, yo, and then he flipped him. Now, he got rid of him real quick because he knew Mike Carter Williams wasn't that good. Smart move by Sam Hinkie. But it was still Mike Carter Williams. Something fun to watch. We'll enjoy him while he's here. Who do you enjoy? Like, if you, are you buying a Charlotte Hornets ticket to watch anybody on this list? Now, now here's your thing. If you're telling me, who would you rather have, Scary Terry or Mike Carter Williams? That's not a long, Brian. That's not even a long. Come on, Michael Williams has done. Come did, on, Michael bro. Michael Williams did more in his season than Terry Rozier did. Oh than Terry Rozier has. Gosh, done. what? Michael Williams that rookie year it was fun to watch. He did more than Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier had two good playoff series, and we anointed him as I don't know what, like, a possibly a starting point guard. Okay, we threw the question up there, and now the question is about to get answered. But I think and this year he was god awful. Oh, that situation in Boston was come on, come hey, on. The situation was bad, come but he on. was like he was still god awful. Like I, I totally get these it. are human beings. I, I was telling somebody on Twitter because he was t- he was trying to tell me like, oh, these players are pros. I'm like, yes, they're pros, but at the same time, they're human beings. So not everything, just all feelings and emotions. Sometimes it plays into a fact in terms of how they perform. I, agree. I mean, I, so I'm totally with you. On so that. scary Terry being the tenth man does kind of make things difficult when you have grown accustomed to getting guaranteed minutes in terms of your production and making things happen. Mm-hmm. Some people got to play themselves into a flow. Some people just can't can't be sporadic with their minutes and numbers because they don't know how they're gonna come off the bench looking or how they're gonna come. Up. Not everybody's Lou Will. Like, that's fair. So that's I, fair. So I don't even know. I think I I'm picking Terry. I'm sorry. If you telling me I got a guy who can go possibly? I think Terry's gonna have a pretty good year. They gonna suck. Define pretty good. I I'm saying he could go eighteen and eight, eighteen and six. So that's what my Carter Williams did. No, I'm. <laughs> no, you looked at it and said, but you're saying like, who would you rather? Ha-? I think Michael Carter is not nearly as I guess, I don't know, fun to watch in terms of his style of play as opposed to Terry. Like I said, I'm, like I said we're talking about Mike Carwin's that rookie year he was in Philly mm-hmm. where he was dunking on people. He had like three, four game winners. Like, Mike Carwin's that rookie year was fun to watch. Now, once again, was he really that good? Probably not. It was more so volume, system of play. They were playing at a super fast pace. Like, all that plays a factor. Don't get me wrong. But that's going to be the same thing for Terry Rozier this year. He's the only guy in Charlotte who can create his own shot. And I don't even know if he does that well. Like, he's going to put up a lot of shots this year. He's going to put up some numbers, and that's it. I don't, I can't. I can't, man. I, I told you, Washington, when you had things you could do to improve your team and you have not done them yet, you literally, 
least they have a person in the office that's saying, hey, this is what we want to do. Now, do they? it got Mitch Kupchak's in there. It isn't like they don't have somebody saying, okay, let's let's go through these what proceedings. What was the last decent GM move Mitch Kupchak made? They have somebody sitting in the seat, Brian. Go into a G, go into Washington, uh, uh, which is a uh, GM office. Who's sitting there? Hey man, who's sitting there? Sometimes, sometimes. who's sitting there? Hey man. The desk is empty, Ernie bro. No, the stop. desk is empty. <laughs> it's that. like it's like going playing poker. You hey got man. the cards. You know you could win this hand. And what you do instead? You fold for no reason. But and Washington it's is not folding. folding. It's not folding. You still have the. They're act. not playing the hand. They don't have to yet. That's the point. The season hasn't even like. There's still a ton of time before the season starts. Let, like as crazy as everything's been this summer, there's still a lot of time before the season starts. You could still trade Bradley Beal if that's the move you want to make. You still have time to make decisions. And even if you decide to bring back Bradley Beal and you want to trade him at the deadline, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the problem: they could go out and make that trade without a GM, or they could make that move without somebody who should, who has an understanding of how this move should go down, and they're gonna get shortchanged. Are you sure? I'm, I think so. I, when you don't have people there who's, who's supposed to be doing job and checking off all the P's and Q's, just like the situation and I ain't going to go there. Just like, man, forget it. You can't. You can't. They'll get shortchanged out of that situation, so and we'll look at them and be like, yo, that's wild. Not having a GM is not – it sounds really bad. It is really bad. It sounds bad. It is bad. It's only bad if you don't have structure in place around that. And that's questioning Washington. Now, it's easy for us to say Washington doesn't have that because, as far as we know, Washington sucks and they've always had bad management. Now, but if they have people in place... Look at the, deci- look at the, the decision they have made. Like what? You signed Dwight Howard for an extremely large amount of money for no reason because he was coming year, off a back injury. What was the point of it? No risk. What purpose, what purpose was, did he... There was no what, risk, no reward. What purpose does he play on that team? If he had been healthy, he had been a good rim runner. He just gave him a little bit of vertical spacing, would have been he, a decent rim protector. All right, let's if talk about healthy. Dwight Howard. When's the last time he's been healthy? Huh? Now, that's a, a million-dollar question. Okay, so. But did it hurt them? It didn't help. So you made a you made so a you going, made a weak decision. You so made a weak decision so going back with to what no. You, just said, you made a weak decision with no direction. Huh? Boom. That's another one. There was direction. You there got, was no direction. No, to it that was move. High, it was high risk. No, or it was it was low risk, high reward. You knew if he if he didn't play. It is what it is. If he did and he was healthy, you got a you got a double double machine. Like that's not a bad move. Even when it happened, I was like, oh, if he's healthy, it works. If not, whatever. Like it doesn't hurt you. It did not hurt them in any sense. I I disagree. I disagree. They made they made poor decision or no decision or came up empty just because I don't know. They're like they're sitting on their hands for no reason. And the league, everyone else around them is looking at them saying, oh well, let's just keep improving and they're the one team staying packed for no reason you have to you have free brad bill man i mean i have not i have nothing else for you i'm in total brad bill brad bill like i said i would love to see bradley bill get traded somewhere on the same token like i said it's the reason i'm charlotte had the worst offseason i'm sorry you have nothing you have no assets you have nothing that like look come on let's go down this like I want to read you the Charlotte Hornets roster. Go go ahead, read it, cause I'm not. I mean, it's not gonna change my mind. Let, no, <laughs> it should. Like let's look. At, like just listen to these names: Dwayne Bacon. Yep. Probably in the G League. Nicholas Batum. No, he'll be on the roster. He he'll be on the roster, but at twenty five million dollars, Dwayne Bacon on on a G League play? Huh? No, Dwayne Dwayne Bacon is. Oh, he'll be on the roster, but 
would you be shocked to see him in the G League this year? Thank you. He should be. All right. Once be. again, would you be shocked if he was? Hmm. If you saw him in the G League playing on getting a regular during the regular season, you'd be like, "Oh, it's Dwayne a two-way Bates situation." Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. So then you got Nicholas Batum for twenty four million dollars. Still one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Bismack Biombo, who they gave seventeen million dollars. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like we even gonna no? They, I don't think they gave him that kind. Of, I think they traded for him with Orlando. Yeah. They got him from Orlando. Yeah. Still bad. Yeah, Miles Bridges. Okay, I'll give you somewhat young, talented player. We'll see what he becomes, but still hasn't really done anything. Joe Cheely. Who that? Exactly. <laughs> Robert Franks. Who that? <laughs> <laughs> Devontae Graham. Okay. I know who that is. We know who that is. Guess where he going to be? G League. Willie Herlin Gomez. I know who that is. We know who that is. Guess what he is? Bench player. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. He'll start. Bus. He'll start. He's a bus. Number two pick. He's a bus. Shelvin Matt. Backup point guard at best. I'm glad he's still playing. I'm glad he's still around. <laughs> JP McCor. <laughs> who that? <laughs> exactly. Cody Martin. <laughs> well, I don't know a lot of these people. <laughs> I don't know a lot of these people. Cody Martin, him, him and his brother played in the back. He got drafted this year. Oh, okay, okay. okay, Co- okay. Uh, Cody and Caleb. Okay. Uh, Jalen McDaniels. Okay, I know who that is. Malik Monk. You I, ho- I got hope for him. You have hope. I got I hope for him. Tony Parker retired this year. Yeah. Terry Rozier we brought in. Yeah. P.J. Washington. Yeah. Drafted. I, I actually do like him. Now, the problem is. We don't know in terms of Charlotte. Is Charlotte going to corrupt him or not? Exactly. Marvin Williams. North Carolina guy that we both love, but let's keep it 100. Bench player in the NBA now. Yeah. And then Cody Zeller. Yeah. That's your Charlotte Hornets 2019 (laughs) roster. (laughs) So on that list, did we even name an NBA-level starter? You hope Terry Rozier is, but you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I told you what their direction was. They're tanking. And it's okay to tank. Sam proved it. It's okay to tank. Oh, my God. There's nothing wrong with tanking. Did we name an NBA-level starter? They're tanking. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the problem with the whole tanking aspect. They're not even tanking correctly because they don't have a ton of draft picks. Oh, man. <laughs> if, you, if you know what you want, you'll make the move. You'll get it. Oh and I, I don't know. I'm I don't. I'm Charlotte. We got to move on. Charlotte is an also a worse uh, ran organization. <laughs> and they had a they had a rough offseason. But I'm still rocking with Washington, man. I'm rocking You still Washington. got an all-star walking in the building. I'm still rocking with Washington, man. I don't understand how. You could go through the whole season. You still got and, time. Like and you did nothing. You haven't improved. They your they your star Miles. point guard they has been hurt. Ish Smith was actually a good pickup for them. Like, they make – here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. Washington's in a really bad place as well. They're in a really bad place. None of those decisions move the needle. It makes them, it makes them slightly better than they were last year. What does that mean? I, like I said, if Bradley Bill comes back – What does that mean, Brian? I said that they could compete for the eight seed if they really – if things click and jail for them, I think they could, the, the East sucks. 
he sucks. Like, let's keep it a stack. He sucks. Even, okay, here, my issue is not necessarily the fact that you're saying they can compete for the AFC. That's not the problem. The problem is, who wants the AC? I mean, a lot of people want the Like, who like, wants the AC? De- Detroit's whole season was built on them being the AC. Like, nobody's really sitting. The Pistons' whole season last year was built on being the AC just so they could get those two extra playoff games and make that little bit of extra revenue. Like, some owners are fine with that. I'm not saying that's a good thing. You and me wouldn't run our franchise like that. But some owners are cool with that. I don't know how you can do it. I don't know how you can do it just sitting mid middle of the pack like that. And honestly, that's I mean that's purgatory essentially. I agree. You get nothing out of that. But some people are fine with that. Man, that's rough. That is rough. So <laughs> now going off that whole idea of work, who what franchises are the worst run? We then go to the summer league where some of these franchises try to find players to, you know, put on the end of their roster. Yeah. And make somewhat viable. Yeah. So, guess right now, because I got to ask, who has stood out or who have you been most impressed with in this summer league? I, I don't know. I think I got a few guys. I got a few guys that I've looked at and said, like, okay, they've really, they've really been hooping. Jordan Poole okay. has been hooping. Um, and the fact that Golden State picked him up makes him all the more intriguing to me. Um, I like all the guys Golden State picked up, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I, they're, they're now becoming that organization. And di- guys, for those who are listening, you're going to hear a lot of Golden State love until they make a mistake worthy of us hating um, because they have been the best-ran organization for the last – Eight years, so I'm sorry. It's just it's just a lot of love over here, in terms of the way they run that team. You could talk about the injury with KD or whatever case may be. That that's a whole nother thing, but that they run that well. Um, but I like Jordan Poole. Huge fan of Jordan Poole, and I'm not gonna say he's my standout. My standout's Tyler Hero. I, I can see that. I. I didn't expect him to be that comfortable so quick. If you're watching him play, he's really comfortable with the rock in his hand, making decisions. He's definitely better off the dribble than I thought he uh, was. Yeah, he's, and he's definitely moves his feet well on defense. And they talked about that a lot during um, his time in Kentucky, mm-hmm. saying like he was struggling with rotations and all that kind of stuff. And Cal was on him and, you know, he made that an effort to like really clean that up. And you can see it. You can see when he's on the court. He just seems like he's rotating really well, moving really smooth, making really good decisions. He's who's he's hooping. Absolutely. So I would have to go Tyler. I don't know it's essentially like exactly what his stats were. Uh in so terms of in some like he's shooting about forty two percent from the field. Uh he's having about twenty points a game. Yep. Uh, about four assists, four rebounds. So like I said, solid stats all the way around. Um I'm, I've never really been concerned with efficiency in Summer League because no. it's Summer League. I just want to see how comfortable guys look, like how how well they're moving on the court, how they're adjusting to the physicality, especially young guys. Right. Uh, my thing I'm always looking for in Summer League, I always look for the second-year guys that come back because you're always able to see there are a couple guys who you just see the light kind of flick for them during mm-hmm. that season. Yeah. They come back to Summer League, they look like an NBA ball player, and everybody else looks like Summer League ball players, for right. lack of a better term. Uh, that guy for me this year was definitely Lonnie Walker. Like, 
he came back to the summer league from San Antonio, and he looks like, yeah, I'm that guy. And it's weird because looking at San Antonio, San Antonio had another guy like uh, Kelvin Johnson who's from here, from Richmond. Yep. Uh, he looked good. Uh, so San Antonio actually has a lot of really young guards. And they picked play. up they picked up who Luca Semenich as well, right? Yeah, but he's he's more of a three, isn't he? Three four. He's not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying that's another guy oh, they yeah, picked he, up. Yeah, he looked he looked good as well. So, but I, I watched him play, and I think it was the game where I think Keldon went off like for a quick 18 or something, mm-hmm. and Luca was in. I'm like, yeah, I could see this. I could see them both. Finding the way on on Pop's roster, but yeah, and like Luke's gonna find a way in the locker. Like Kelton will be on the roster. He'll probably spend a little bit of time in the G League. Yeah, because they like I said they're deep. Like you think of San Antonio guards, you got Dejounte Murray coming back. Yep, you got Derek and White he's there. Be a problem. He's gonna be a problem. Derek White's there. Brent Forbes had a good year for them. Still mm-hmm. got Demar Derozan sitting over there, who's still a twenty point scorer in this league. Exactly. And now you bring in Lonnie Walker to the mix, who looks like he's ready. Yeah. So they're deep in the guard spots. I really love them. Uh, the rookie that really impressed me though, Nikhil Alexander Walker. That's a for, good one for the Pelicans. Yep, from Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. He might be the reason Lonzo Ball gets up out of there. Like real talk. Really? Like he might be the reason Lonzo Ball is not long for New Orleans because he fits. He can shoot it. He's a really good passer. He handled the balls really well good defender. It's the simple fact that he can shoot. If Lonzo does not come back this summer, his jump shot improves and better. Like He has to be a better player all the way around. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is coming for him. That's <laughs> like, I'm, 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 I'm putting my foot on that right now. I think he's coming for him. Wow. Wow. Now, I mean, I noticed that, I mean, he did have a big date. I think he went for, what, 34? Um, I mean, currently he's averaging 27 a game. He's averaging like six assists. Like he, yeah, he. I'm not. He definitely having himself a show. Shooting about 50 percent from the field. Like he, he looks the part. Like he, in the things he's doing, that's what's more impressive. It's how he's doing. He's doing off the pick and roll, right? Catch and shoot, one dribble pull up. Like he looks like a pro. Now I'll and I'll and once again I'm gonna start copping bail for. Alonzo, health has been an issue. Absolutely. So I'm I'm curious to see. This is this is his first all season where he's healthy. Exactly. I'm looking forward um, to it. Um, I hope that he he's healthy and he can come back. I I think he really does have the time to work on his jump shot the way we would expect him to. Um, so I, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm predicting him to I guess have another subpar season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for those guys who are eating in the summer league, I'm not gonna sit and say, "Oh, they know already they could come into the league and and I guess recreate that storm." Absolutely. So I'm not gonna Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yes, although he is looking amazing, I'm not saying he's nipping at Lonzo's heels, who played in league games for the last two years. And he looks, in terms of putting on the weight, getting stronger, all that kind of stuff, the part as a point guard or a guard in the league. So I don't, I'm not going to do that just yet. Um, but that's definitely something to keep my eye on. So the only the only, only argument I'm going to go against you on this one is, 
like your argument would carry a little bit more weight with me if Mikhail Alexander Walker and Lonzo Ball were at the same size. Like Lonzo six six, currently listed at two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. NKA is six five two oh five. Like I don't think physicality is gonna be the problem. Like the but even though like no we sit and we say okay well is he's two oh five he's what Lonzo's what two ten. He's right now he's listed at two hundred. Two hundred. So it's not necessarily the muscle itself. It's sometimes it's just a simple of saying okay I'm I'm being ran into by another guy from the league that's I don't know like he's stronger in in terms of the way they push their body around like you can do that in the summer league and get away with it and I think that's essentially what some guys do they eat in the summer league because they are more athletic they are strong they are faster shooting the ball really like like, shooting the ball like in my issue like I said and you and I have discussed this but like I was never high on Lonzo when he first came out Mm-hmm. Uh, I I definitely grew he grew on me as he played for the Lakers. Like I, said, I definitely noticed some things he did really well. Like I, said, I think he's a phenomenal passer, especially in transition. I think he's an amazing defender. But there's still things about him that's not NBA level. Like he's still not great in the pick and roll. Like I said, he's not great spotting up. He still like I said, I think he still needs to get a little bit stronger, especially in his legs. Like there's certain things he doesn't do as an NBA point guard. You almost have to adjust to him. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes there are players you just adjust to because they're that type of talent. Right. But when you have another guy behind them, who you don't really have to adjust to, you can just plug him in. And you ain't got to worry about him changing the system or, ch- or changing your system for him. You just plug him in. You know he'll be effective. It's almost like, eh, why deal with the headache? Like, why deal with having to change my system for this one guy when I can just plug somebody else in and get so are you, the same result? So are you willing to go on the limb and say NK8's uh, ceiling is – just as high as Lonzo's. I don't know if it's just as high. Like I said, Lonzo's still because that's why potential. people are that's why people are still waiting out hope and if I guess in terms of taking on that headache. Absolutely. So I think like, I, don't know I think he didn't get. I don't think he really got a shot in L.A. just because of the situation. That's like fair. you had, you got hurt. Yep. Then LeBron shows up. Absolutely. So it's a rat essentially. Um, you never really got started, and a lot of people said Luke wasn't a good coach for him. That's that's to be debated. Yeah. Um, I'll debate that one. But <laughs> I mean, you look into that situation. That, I think that's what why we look at Lonzo way we look at him, and then the talk from his dad doesn't help at all. Never did. Um. So he created that ceiling that was above all other ceilings. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know. I'm not gonna sit here and say that his ceiling isn't. As high as you know what everybody else made it out to be, but NKA's isn't higher, and so that's why people are saying, "All right, we'll we can we can wait this out because we know he can be a transformational type talent." So, and the question I know you can say, "How long do I wait?" Not even that. Like once again, do I think Alonzo's ceiling is a little bit higher than NKA's? Absolutely. Like on the same token. It's, once again, it goes back to the whole idea of fit. Yeah. Like, Lonzo, like, you know where I think Lonzo would be amazing at? And, it, and this is one of the few times I've agreed with his dad. Phoenix. Like, I think he would have been amazing playing with Devin Booker and DeAndre. Young guys getting up and down the court. He ain't got to worry about really being the score. You got two young guys who are going to give you get points for you. All you got to worry about is playing defense, which yeah. Devin Booker doesn't do, mm-hmm. and facilitating. 
rebounding, pushing up the floor. That's what Lonzo does amazingly well. For New Orleans, and granted, I know everybody talking about they want to play fast, which they definitely will. They're going to get up and down the court. They're going to fly with Zion and Lonzo. But I think you can put any guard in that situation. Like, Drew Holiday's already going to be there getting up and down the court. You got Josh Hart. You now bring in NKA. You got Lonzo, J.J. Riddick. Like, you got a ton of guys that they're going to be able to push the ball with. Brandon right. Ingram is going to be a primary ball handle over there at times. Like, you got a ton of guys who can make plays on that team. So, even if Lonzo is your starting point guard's primary distributor, like, is he really going to get a chance to showcase his talent, which is being this fast guard pushing up the floor in transition? I don't know. Like, everybody on New Orleans can bring the ball up. So, now you're talking about Lonzo spending more time off the ball, which, if he hasn't improved his jump shot significantly, doesn't help him. It's almost the Westbrook effect. For as talented as he is, if you take the ball out of his hands, is he really the same player? Or is he just kind of out there now? Mm. I see what you're saying. Uh, I don't know. I think, I don't know, because it goes back to, I guess, the injuries and just figuring out how much has he improved. And, That's fair. And if, I'm, if, I'm improve, is, if, if improvement has been made. You know, for him, um, going into next year, um, which I think they have, and I mean, I haven't seen anything or heard anything, but sometimes the best storms are made in silence. That's fair. And I think I think he can do something real special this year, just because Ellie probably just wasn't a good space for him to be. Um, and I and I think this kind of gives him this situation gives him time. Now, does Nikhil Alexander speed that time? Up a little, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I don't think uh, New Orleans are looking at him saying, "Hey, you need to fix this," or "We rocking with this guy." I don't think they're saying that just yet. Like I don't even know if New Orleans is saying that, but all I'm saying is Nikhil looks ready, and anybody that plays for us knows sometimes all it takes for you to go down, which Lonzo has. Mm-hmm. Twice now, two yeah. seasons in a row where he's gone down. And if you go down again and NKA steps in and starts putting up numbers, or not even putting up numbers, just fits in. Like he just comes in, plays decent defense, knockdown shots, moves the ball. Like Lonzo just starts to look shaky. It just starts to become we don't need him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we just we don't need him. We like him, but we don't need him. And once you're not needed, you're expendable. That's all I'm saying. I hear you, but I mean, I don't know. That's to be <laughs> that's to be seen. So Nikhil Alexander, um, Tyler Hero, Absolutely. and Lonnie Walker. Those, and, those and I and I can I can agree with you with Lonnie Walker for sure. And I think Spurs have always been good at that. Like, oh, yeah, it just always been good at finding the right guy and putting him in a good space. Absolutely. And and next thing you know, you're looking at him and saying, oh, he's a starter or he's going to hoop. And, and they end up getting a contract in somewhere else just mm-hmm. off two good years Seriously. in in, in San Antonio. So, uh, Other guy uh, stood out for me. Uh, Carson Edwards definitely had a good summer league. Taco uh, Fall, bro. Why you not say Taco? Taco, did, taco, taco was what Taco was. He was big. He ran out of the court. You? People got mad at me because I told them that Taco might 
not play in the league. (laughs) If Boba can play, he can play. Like, I'm kind of that mindset. If Boba can play, he can play. I was like, I really tested it. Is he ever going to be a game changer? No. But he's going to get a shot. I mean, he's tall. He's going to get a shot. He's tall. Somebody will pick him up. He's going to get get an invite to um, team camp. I got mad at me. I was like, no. He's tall. That's all I got for you. Hey, <laughs> like, he, he runs better than I thought he did. Like I said, he's gotten up and down the court a little bit. Yeah, he definitely showed he could what slide he his needed feet. To show. Yeah, he could slide his feet. So, I, mean, I was concerned. He had some moments. But I don't know. But, yeah. We'll see. Uh, I would say outside of those three, uh, Keldon Johnson, yeah. for sure. Had moments. Um, I think that I think that might be it in terms of my standouts. But this actually, I mean, in terms of oh, this is a disappointing summer league. Yeah, Zion didn't play. Ja didn't play. Yeah, like we were miss- well, we were missing big names. We were missing big names. But in terms of the actual talent um, that came in this year, in terms of rookies, mm-hmm. even though it may not be super like, that many big names that we could say like, okay, this is one of those years. I see a lot of guys that could play for. A good amount of time, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like I, said, I like Kobe White. Like, even though I, I, I was on West of saying, um, he probably should have stayed one more year, but I don't blame him for coming out. You were top ten pick, like, right? Do, do you, bro? Um, he he had moments. He looked good. He also had moments. He looked like Kobe White. Um, so he looked good. So you had a lot of guys that show they're going to be in this league for a long time. Rui Hachimura has some good good games. He's been really impressive. Hopefully, Washington does not ruin him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think like I said, overall summer league did what it's supposed to do. RJ Barrett, I'm glad, had some bounce back games finally. Yeah. Everybody was ready to crown him the bus. I'm like, slow down. It's the summer league. I mean It's, it's the summer more, league. It's, like he's a Nick though. Like that's the thing. He's a Nick. So <laughs> expectations are already he was a, here's the part that really sucks for him. And this is the part I almost feel bad for RJ in this extent. Yeah. Because he went into Duke thinking. He was gonna be the guy. Yep. And then Zion said, "Nah, bro." And it's no fault of his own. Like RJ was still great at Duke. Yeah. He just wasn't Zion. Yeah. Then draft comes around. You working with Zion? Everybody knows Zion's gonna be the number one pick. So lottery comes out, and as soon as the Knicks got that third <laughs> pick, you were a disappointment. <laughs> he was a disappointment. He's no a, matter what happened, he was a disappointment. He's a consolation prize. Exactly. Man. I, I feel for him too. I was like, man, he's in a no. He has to come in and average twenty five. I it, feel bad for him. I feel bad for him on that regard. Um, because you're right. They they cried at that third pick. Man. And then the they funniest cried. part was they, then they tried to make up for. Oh, well, RJ's good too. Yeah. After <laughs> after three days of mourning, RJ's good too. <laughs> We RJ's good. We can work with RJ. Shut right. up, y'all. Y'all wanted Zion, and y'all know it, and it's okay. After it three hurts. days of mourning, I, th- I, the issue is not necessarily that um, the Knicks and the the fan base are disappointed in him. I think it's the fact that they've looked at the situation, and so much has gone wrong. They're just banking on something else going wrong. I mean, and so now they're looking at RJ and say, oh, God, now he's a bust, too. Like, we didn't get Kyrie. We didn't get the first pick. We didn't get KD. We didn't even offer KD. So guess what? RJ must suck, too. And, I mean, just 
I'm like, yo, relax, relax. I mean, we're gonna like so we talked about who had the worst all season, but if you want to talk about who had the most disappointing, yeah, it was easily the Knicks. Yeah, I feel like I, even me, who I'm, I'm not, the, I'm not a fan of the Knicks at all. I was like, yo, this. When I look at it, I say, if this is my team, this is just so. I'd be hurt too. Like you gotta remember, they went from like it all went downhill as soon as KD tore his Achilles. Yeah, because I still believe if KD didn't tear his Achilles, he probably would have ended up a Nick. But as soon as that happened, I don't know. I think he would. I don't know. Because you got you got to look at it. Like Kyrie wanted Brooklyn, KD wanted the Knicks. That that's the unofficial rumor. Yeah. The problem is, is that it's a power play. KD fully healthy has more power than Kyrie. KD on a ruptured Achilles, meaning Kyrie's gonna have to carry a franchise for one year. Hey, bro, you gotta come to Brooklyn. I, but I don't even think I don't even think that's the the talk they have. Like I don't, I don't think that's the talk guys have. I think Why if they not? look at the situation, it's the talk we would have. I don't, I don't think it is. I think we would. I don't think it is. If I'm looking at the situation, I'm saying, okay, I want to go to Brooklyn, and you like, I want to go to the Knicks, and I'm like, I want to go to Brooklyn because Brooklyn feels like home. You're gonna look at it and say, you know what? Okay, even on the rupture killers or not, you look at it and say, okay, cool. Now the difference between me and you is, <laughs> I don't think we got the same personality as Kyrie and KD. Very true. Very true. Um, so not necessarily that. Uh, I don't know. Emotional. Um, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I don't think I don't think that's the conversation that they had. I think it was more so they were both split on it, and then injury or not, they just went into it, and he was like, yo, I really think Brooklyn's the spot. Like, what – and this is what I think Kyrie said. What have the Knicks shown you that proved they could take care of you? And I mean, and I think, I think that's I think that's it. I think that's all I, That's all you have to say to me. I mean, like, I, that's like, all I would say to you. But, like, I think the Knicks quietest kept like that. I said earlier. Like, I think they – Definitely shown improvement the last couple of years. They've been smart. They brought in the right coaching staff. They brought in the right GM. Like they, they just draft five power forwards. I mean, they just signed five, 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 five power forwards, man. Yeah, I, that that we're not even gonna discuss it. That oh, that was them, let's talk. That was them in like desperation mode. They just they just going. I don't know what they're going. They for. signed five power forwards for no reason. I mean, maybe they go, okay, it wasn't for. Oh, I'm not gonna say for no reason. Look, Bobby, I don't know the reason. It was Bobby Portis. Um, they got Marcus Morris. Um, um who else they signed? Julius Randle. Julius Randle. You know what? You could play the three of them together. Oh, my gosh. You okay. put Portis at the five, okay. Randle at the four, Marcus at the three. Like, that's not. I'm not saying you can't, Brian. I'm not saying But, you yeah, can. I agree. It didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make sense at all. Well, you could play them three together if you really wanted to. I'll, it hey. wouldn't be successful. <laughs> hey. Oh, and Todd Gibson. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that's that's, you just got him to be a veteran presence, though. He okay. Play a lot. Yeah. He's going to be a veteran. Okay. Yeah, you, you need somebody that's going to fight Bobby Portis if it comes down to it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just saying. You need somebody that's going to fight Bobby Portis if it comes down to that. Oh, my God. Alfred Payton wasn't a bad pickup for them. No, I like Alfred Payton. Okay, so, I mean, they still got, like they still got some decent stuff. You still got they, Dennis Smith Jr. They Mitchell filled Robinson. out their roster. Exactly. They that's just filled they out did. their roster. So, I'm not, I'm, I'm not giving them praise for filling out their roster. But, That's all I'm saying. So here's my thing. But we're looking at what happened, looking at the terms of what mm-hmm. what transpired up leading up to the free agency between it. Dolan's episodes and what episode? Dolan Dolan been quiet. Dolan ain't been doing nothing. What Dolan do? Kicking out all uh That was like two a, years ago. It doesn't 
two years ago you were talking about getting KD. Like they didn't. They've been. This has been your whole thing. You've been saying we're gonna get KD. We're gonna get KD. That's fair. Like so, I don't know. I I I think the conversation really just came down to, man. Let's let's just go to Brooklyn because Brooklyn feels a little safer, and that is okay with me. I mean, that is okay. I don't have a problem with them going to Brooklyn. Brooklyn is a well-run franchise as well. They've definitely been the fact that they've been able to get out from under that whole trade debacle. I never thought they would. Is a I never thought itself. they would, man. So, like I said, I, I think KD and Kyrie will be fine in Brooklyn. I don't know if they'll ever win the championship, but they'll be fine. Yeah. They'll be competitive for the next three, four years, and they'll be good. Uh, But, like I said, I don't think there would have been a problem with them going to the Knicks either. Like, the Knicks could have been very competitive with them, and I think David Fisdale would have had them in the right position to succeed. That's all I'm saying. Mm. So. To each his own. I guess. <laughs> but. Uh, thank you, guy. Let's get the last topic of the day. Last one, last one. Right, we're we, we going we're going a little longer than this first episode. I think we just wanted to get a lot of stuff off the chest. Yeah, what? First not? time out. Yeah. So we can get this last topic out of the way, and the topic that sparked this whole thing. It kind well it not did. sparked this whole thing, but it. made us put a little bit of uh, uh pep in our step. Exactly. <laughs> so here's what happened. I'm I'm on Let Twitter because I'm on Twitter. As I always am. Um, Way more than me. And Yahoo Sports decided, yeah, wanted to send out a question. They tweeted out a question talking about best uh, basketball movies. Um, I got to pull up the tweet. I'm not necessarily sure what the eight were, but they were missing two key ones. And the two key ones were Coach Carter and Glory Road. And for me, the list starts okay. there. I got, I got it. Pulled like, up. you got it? You got it? All right. So, Yahoo put out best basketball movie ever, and the eight listed were He Got Game. No problem. No with problem. That. Space Jam, of course. Hoosiers, one of my personal favorites. Yeah. Above the Rim, solid. Not one of my favorites, but solid movie. Mm-hmm. Blue Chips, legendary. White Man Can't Jump, forever legendary. Yep. Like Mike is where I'm a little iffy. The last two are where I'm at. Like like Mike and Love and Basketball. Love and Basketball will always have a place in my heart. It has a place in your heart, not as a basketball movie, though. That's the issue. Exactly. Like it's, It doesn't belong there in terms uh, of basketball movies. It's a cultural movie. Yeah. It's not that, necessarily that, a basketball movie. It's a cultural movie that happens to be basketball kind of as that absolutely. underlying thing. And like Mike, as good it is, as I guess as good as it was for what it was, it ain't better than Coach Carter or Glory Road. Not even, not close. even close. It's not even close. So of course I tweeted it. Not out. to mention like Mike breaks like every NBA rule in existence. Like yes, like the age limit I guess did not exist in that NBA at all. I don't know. I don't know, sense. man. That I, movie didn't make sense at all. Yeah, it was a lot of things they did in that movie. I was like, <laughs> just didn't make sense. <laughs> just weird. Like it was cool for like it was cool as a kid. You look at it as a kid. Oh yeah, like cool. He somebody like me. And then once you get older, you're like, yeah, this. That's not possible. <laughs> I gotta go to college for a year <laughs> or overseas. Like even at that time, you just had to be 18. Like it was 18. You had to be 18. Yeah. He wasn't 18. He was like 13. Like yeah. it didn't make sense. Like we can get this kid a contract. Let's, let's sign him. So show the better living room. All right, so I guess the question now is, like, what is your top five 
basketball movies and brief definitions on why or explanation of why. All right. Coach Carter is one. Number one? That's it's number one. number one. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think the way they told that story, because that story is not – they didn't. They wasn't 100% accurate. Not um, if you talk matter to the play, If you talk to the player, <laughs> you're like, yo, this was not what happened. Like, it was not accurate. I think in the championship game, they got blown out, yeah, actually. It was, it was bad. Like, um, so, yeah. Um, we look at that. So the way they told that story, I think that was great. I think Sam Jackson, that's one of his better jobs. Yeah. As, as I mean, he's been in like a thousand movies. So I, mean. I think that was one of his better roles. Um, I think the supporting cast was really great. And then they actually had great basketball scenes. Like they were actually playing basketball. Exactly. <laughs> they had great scenes and they were running plays and it looked good on camera. Delilah, Delilah, Delilah. Like, what's up? Like, Hattie Jean. Like, I started naming things Hattie Jean just because of Coach Carter. Like, that's that good. was a great movie. So that's, that's one. Fair. Then two, I would say, and this is where two through five get really weird. But I would say I would have to go Hoosiers. Okay. Three, Glory Road. Okay. Four, he got game. Matter of fact, I'll put... I'm gonna have to make a change. White man can't jump is white man can't jump is three. Okay. So everything else slides down. <laughs> so it will go Coach Carter, Hoosiers, White Man can't, white jump. Man can't jump, he got game, and then um what was my fifth? Shucks. Blue chip? Glory oh no, you already got glory. I said Coach Carter, mm-hmm. Hoosiers, mm-hmm. White Man Can't Jump, He Got Game. I didn't say it five, did I? No, you didn't. That's why I was in there. I go Space Jam just off the culture. Fair enough. I go Space Jam just off the culture. And people are going to hate me because I ain't got uh, blue chips in there, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> All right, that's bad. That's, that's not a bad list. It's not a bad list at all. If you count how many times I watch Space Jam, like I feel you, Space it gotta go in there. I, I got you. Space Jam is definitely that's that's a that's legendary in and of itself. Yeah. All right. So my five. Whew, more I look at this list, the more I'm like, ooh, it's five. tough. It's, it's tough. tough. Four through the seven uh, legend- two through six is tough. Yeah. Truth be told, my number one is tough. I'm not even gonna lie. As much as I love Coach Carter, my number one is still tough. Your number one is what? You better not say blue chips. Number one is not blue chips, man. No. <laughs> no. All right, so here, here's the reason blue chips is tough for me. Okay. As long as you've known me, what have I wanted to do? Coach. One coach. I want to be a college coach. Yeah. That's what I want to do. As long as, I've, as long as I've been playing ball. Blue chips is my first look into that life. And granted, it may not be the most accurate depi- depiction at, at all. all. But there's a little bit of truth in there. <laughs> And for me, it was like, oh, man, this is what I'm getting into. <laughs> I, I, I need to be prepared. Right. So Blue Chips always had, like, yo, this is my first look into this craft. Right. Um, Coach Carter, kind of the same thing. It's coaching, but it just wasn't at the level. But it's kind of the same thing, though. Like, they're, they're the same movie in a premise to me. Uh-huh. It's just a matter of which one do I prefer. Mm. 
I'll go Coach Carter's my number one. Blue Chips is a close second, followed by Hoosiers. And four and five is difficult. Uh, I'll go Glory Road at four, and White Man Can't Jump at five. My number six is probably my most interesting. I'll be honest, and I'll probably get crucified for this. Mm-hmm. He Got Game was never that impressive to me. It was, don't get me wrong, it was a good movie. It was well made. It had moments. Man. It was never that impressive to me, especially as a basketball Why? movie. How many games of basketball did they play in there? <laughs> yeah, the one-on-one game at the end, which isn't. They played it the. They, I gotta go out they had the one game like early on where they went, they went to count. the park. They went to the park. Him yeah, and they yeah. had that one little up and down game. But that yeah. was like super quick, like maybe two minutes. And then everything else from that point on was just highlights. It was just highlights. And then they had the one-on-one game at the end. Mm. That's it. Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> but I, I, if we're just going strictly off basketball how many basketball scenes i guess you got a point mm-hmm. then i mean you would look at it and say okay love and basketball could be Same in thing. your top five i'm not saying that just because i feel that love and basketball was legit a love story that just happened to have basketball in it that's fair so rather than white men can't jump where it really did give me a hoops vibe oh absolutely like, that, that movie was extremely like I don't know who they talked to to make sure they got that right, the yeah. street basketball aspect right. But they need they deserve a raise. They deserve a check every year. Like I, when I look at that, I definitely feel the vibe. So that's why I got it where I got it. But all right. Uh, oh, but my number six honestly would be um this movie. Oh, one of my personal favorites, Six Man. Solid. Six I can't Man. be mad at that. I can't like, be mad at that. I can't. It's don't get me wrong. It's corny. It's it's goofy. But has solid basketball moments. <laughs> like it makes me laugh every time I watch it. Has Where's Joanna man? Moments. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. We're not discussing that. Joanna man. I don't even. It, it, nah, it's not in my top ten. <laughs> what I think about it. I still got Space Jam. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever seen Rebound? The romantic stuff. No, I didn't see that. That's actually a really solid. It's not. It's kind of falls into one of those where it's more movie than basketball. Yeah, but it has some solid basketball moments. It tells a really good story. Mm-hmm. Um, Earl Manigo is an amazing. Story. Hurricane yeah. season. Where hurricane season go? That's close. Actually, that's near my top ten. Like hurricane season was not a bad. It movie. wasn't bad. It just didn't. It didn't get the love that people wanted to get because of the names that were in it. Exactly. And I was like, but you, you know, which why, makes sense. You know, you know why hurricane season doesn't get as much love? It's Coach Carter, but not as good. Right. Like. It's the B version of Coach Carter, which isn't a bad thing. It's just, yeah, yeah. But I, I personally liked it. Like I thought it was a decent movie. It had moments. Mm-hmm. We had Bow Wow still trying to play basketball in it, so Why it's not? what it is. Why funniest not? part of that movie is when he makes him play like one on five. Like that's <laughs> the funniest part of that movie. He just keeps getting angrier and angrier. It's the funniest part of that movie. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Oh, you you gotta understand until you see a kid try to play one on five. It was essentially watching somebody in the park have nineteen and twenty one, and the whole court says no. Right, <laughs> right. You're not getting this bucket off, man. So yeah, that that's my five. I, I don't know. That's not a bad five. That's not a bad five. I think right. the conclusion we can come up with is Yahoo did not have 
Yahoo let us down. They didn't have enough black people on whoever was making that list. That's all I'm <laughs> they didn't have enough black people on whoever was making that list. There's no way you forgot about Coach Carter and Glory Road. I don't I don't know what happened. Um I'm, I'm not gonna say that. Chris Haynes is in there somewhere. Right? Was he involved? That's my point. Was, was he, he in involved? the room? Was he I involved hope he wasn't in this in the room. That's my point. I don't think they had enough white people involved in this list particularly. That's my point. Now, if you're saying this is the list that went around the sports writers, <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe it. There's no way Stephen A. Smith got that list. It was like, all right, all right, all right. After proofreading, <laughs> you're gonna have to come back and fix this. They qu- they fixed it kind of quick too. They I had checked, to. They check. I checked the tweet and I was like, oh. We forgot Coach. They tried to make a joke out of it. We forgot Coach Carter. We got Coach. I'm like, y'all didn't put it there. It's all good. I get, hey, whatever you like is what you like. I <laughs> I can't tell you what your opinion is. I can't tell you your opinion is wrong. Like, right. But I don't think real it was quick, a, favorite favorite sports movie. Period. All time favorite sports movie. Remember the Titans. My man. Remember the Titans, man. Always, baby. Strong Always. side. Left side. <laughs> Strong side. All day, every day, baby. Hey, we out. We appreciate y'all. Um, it was um, just fun, man. Yeah, First time out. Fun. Yeah, day one. Day one. So um, we'll be back next week with another video. I mean, another uh, another one. Uh, we're going to start videotaping these sooner or later once we get all the stuff ready. But uh, y'all stay tuned. Keep your ears to the courts. Yeah, and until uh, next time. I'm pretty sure by next week, Blake Griffin and Giannis will be traded as well. So we'll have something else to talk about. Wow. I'm, I'm just saying. Who knows? You're, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Hey, keep eat, sleeping, and breathing the game, baby. We love y'all. Where can we find you at, bro? Um, y'all can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, um, Greggy Chillin on Twitter at Greggy Chillin, G R E G G Y Chillin, C H I L L I N, on Twitter. Or you can find me on Instagram, One Greggy, uh, like same number one, G R E G G Y, and uh, yeah. Um, we'll have the podcast up. You can look, check us out on Apple Music, um, Spotify, um, uh, SoundCloud as well. So just keep y'all ears and send us some love. Send us questions if y'all like. Whatever y'all into in terms of the game, in terms of basketball. If y'all see something, y'all like something, um, or y'all want us to talk about something, bring it to our attention. We'll, we have no problems. Um, taking questions, talking with y'all. Oh, I love to debate. Right, I love it. That's the fun part. Um, so where we find you at? Uh, you can find me, like I said, on Twitter, Instagram. You can find me at only one Beachum. Uh, only the number one. Uh, Beachum, B E E C H A U M. Find me on Facebook, just Brian Beachum. I promise you, I'm the only one out there. Is why is that name? So you can find <laughs> me out there. Like I said, I look forward to hearing from y'all. Like I said, I love a good debate. Just come with, come with it. Be respectful. Let's have a good time. Let's have a good discussion. All right. Easily breathe the game. We love y'all. Peace.